Right now, somewhere on this planet, there's a group of souls that belong to what's known as your soul family. And chances are you haven't met them in this lifetime yet. But this video will change that. In this video, you'll learn what a soul family really is and how it's different from a biological family. Then we'll get into why lightworkers feel a bit lost down here until they meet their soul family. Then we'll get into the different types of connections that exist within a soul family. Then I'm going to share the top five signs of soul family so you know right away when you meet them. And I'll finish off with four easy tips to help you find your soul family in an effortless way. Your soul family is such an incredible part of your life, adding texture, joy, and happiness to your journey down here on earth. It's time to meet them. Hello, beautiful soul. That intro that you just saw is from my online course, Awaken, which opens its enrollment doors on June 7th. I designed Awaken to help people navigate difficult spiritual awakenings and help them come into a place of more grounding, stability, and clarity. Awaken is a six-week course that'll have weekly video modules and step-by-step -step detailed practice videos that'll help ground your energy immediately, especially if you're feeling confused or lost in your awakening. We'll also have a really strong private community of fellow students and soul family members that you're gonna to get to meet and many more perks that are a part of this course. For more details about the course and how to sign up for the waitlist so you're the first one to know when the enrollment doors open, click on the link below in the description box of this video and I hope to see you in Awaken this year. On to part one of the video, what's a soul family? Okay, so some spiritual teachers describe a soul family simply as a group of souls that we have a high energy resonance with. Okay, and although this definition is true to a certain extent, I wanna go deeper into what the meaning of a soul family is because it is true that we do have high resonance with our soul family members, but I wanna go deeper and go into the energy aspects, why we have this kind of resonance, where all that's coming from, and actually the origin of, of a soul family, all right? So here's my definition of a soul family. So a soul family is a group of souls that come from the same soul pod and share similar core frequencies. Okay, now let's break down this definition a little bit so we can get a better understanding of it, all right? So let's go back to the inception of the soul from, from a, a, a true energy, spiritual, overall perspective. Your soul has never been born and it's never going to die. So that is kind of the overarching truth of it because the truth really exists outside of the, the time-space reality, all right? So from a broader perspective, your soul has never been born and it's never going to die. It's just infinite, okay? And it's very difficult to explain infinity because as soon as you start to break down infinity, it's not infinity anymore. It's finity. It's finite. But I'm going to try the best that I can to kind of go into the birth of your soul, when it started, and how the soul goes through its evolution, especially when it's pertaining to soul families, okay? So if you can think about the Big Bang or God, the Godhead, some call it Godhead, creator energy, the beginning of it all. 
that source or that you can look at it, you can think of it kind of like a central sun or like a sun. I like to think of God or source like a sun. Creation starts to spill out or explode out of that sun, out of that sun or that central source. So each time that the source kind of explodes outward, those are streams of God energy that are coming out of the source. Each time a stream comes out of the source, it keeps going through a process. As that stream is traveling through space, it keeps going through a process that's known as stream splitting or energy stream splitting. All right. Now, what does this mean? It means that when that when a stream comes out of the Godhead, it's going to travel and then it's going to split again. As soon as it splits, it creates a bunch of dif different individuated streams, new individuated streams, and it's going to keep splitting and keep splitting and splitting and splitting. Whenever a stream, an energy stream splits, it gives rise to a cluster of other little smaller streams. And that's what a soul pod is, okay? So those individuals, little smaller streams that are coming from a bigger stream that itself comes from God, that creates what's known as a soul pod. And that is a group of souls that are coming from the same stream of God energy or source energy. This cluster is called a soul family. Now, this is why when it comes to the generalized definition that, that the soul family is a group of souls that you resonate with, you can see how this is true because literally the souls that are composed of that soul family, they all come from the same stream of source energy. So they have very, very similar core frequencies, almost identical core frequencies, because they are all splitting from the same larger stream of source consciousness. All right. So the core frequency of each person in your soul pod, each soul in your soul pod or in your soul family, the core frequency is very, very similar. This is why when you find a member of your soul family down here incarnated on planet earth and you look at them, it's kind of like, oh my God, it's this kind of explosion within you of realization that you know that person, you know that soul, and it's because they share a very, very similar spiritual DNA or a very similar core frequency from yours. Another way of looking at core frequency, so I can use the term core frequency, I can use the term as uh, soul DNA. So your soul family has very similar soul DNA because again, they have split from the same stream. And so they have very, very similar as uh, soul DNA or core frequency. This is why they resonate so highly with you. So you can think of your soul family or your soul pod. You can kind of think of them like little siblings, really. <laughs> now, little siblings that are coming from the same stream of consciousness. Although I don't like to call them siblings because then people sometimes get confused because they say, well, you know, I just met someone from my soul family and they're, you know, they're like my soulmate and, you know, I'm in a relationship with them. I don't, it doesn't feel like a sibling relationship. And so, so it, when I say siblings, I just mean that their, their DNA is so similar that it could be kind of considered like siblings. Although the connections within a soul family, you can have uh, friendship connections, you can have romantic connections, you can have all type, all kinds of different connections that we're going to talk about in a little while. You can have all kinds of different connections within a soul family, but from an energy perspective, your frequencies, your core frequencies, your soul DNA is almost identical, very, very similar within a soul family or soul pod. And that's why members of the same soul family have such high resonance with each other because they come from the same energy 
family. <laughs> okay, so, so that's why the resonance is so high. Now, one question that I get from people when it has to do with soul families is if a soul family is the same thing as a biological family. So let's get into that. So they are not the same thing. So you can, it is true that you can have some members of your soul family that incarnate as your biological family. That's true, that can happen, but they are not the same thing, especially for light workers, okay? So remember this ding, ding, for light workers, this is really important. For light workers, the majority of times, they incarnate in family biological lines that are not a part of their soul family. And they do that on purpose, they choose to incarnate in biological lines that are so different from their core energy frequency, they do that as a mission of service to help different biological lines down here on planet earth, help them heal ancestral trauma, help them get out of old patterns, and they're doing this kind of as, as an act of love or as an act of service towards other biological uh, ancestral lines that may be different from the soul family of that light worker. Okay, so light workers do do this very commonly. This is one of the reasons why light workers very frequently say that they feel like an outsider in their biological family or they feel like the black sheep of the family. It's precisely because many times light workers will choose to incarnate in family lines that are very different from their original soul family. Now, within your soul family, or soul pod, there are different connections that are common and that you hear these terms a lot. So I'm going to go over some of them. Okay. So within your soul family, you can have what's known as, as a twin flame. That could be one of the souls within your soul family. You've heard that term uh, before, twin flame. You can have soulmates within your soul, um, within your soul family. You can also have what's known as kindred spirits also. So these are different connections that may uh, exist within your soul family. Now, one thing you do have have to remember is that these soul family members are going to play different roles in your life if they do incarnate all at once with you. So the soul families, all of the souls that comprise your soul pod, they don't all incarnate at the same time. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But the ones that do incarnate and, and decide to come face to face with you and interact with you, they could play different roles in your life. So you can have people in your soul family that could be romantic connections, you know, like a twin flame or something like that, or a soulmate. You can have, um, you can have, they could play a role of friendship. They could play a role of biological family, as we talked about before. They could play a role of being a coworker or a teacher, okay? So they can have different roles within your life. They, they're not all, all of the members of your soul family, they're not all meant to have romantic connections with you. So although we do talk a lot about soulmates or twin flames as being a part of our soul family and how those connections are more romantic in nature, those aren't the only, uh, the only souls in your soul family and there are different roles that these different souls play. On to part two of the video, signs of your soul family. All right, so before I get into the top five signs of a soul family, I just wanna drop a quick reminder that we have a free supplemental workbook with this video. It's gonna get into depth, get you questions and prompts. It's gonna help you go deeper in the content. So I'll leave a link in the description box below so you can download that free workbook after watching this video. On to sign number one of a soul family, and that is warm familiarity. Okay, so when you meet, your soul family, a member of your soul family down here, they feel so familiar to you. It's this warm, beautiful familiarity. They feel like family to you in one way or another, okay? And the reason that they feel so familiar and they feel like family to you is a couple of reasons. One, they're a part of that soul pod, which means that they share very similar core frequencies from you to you. So that's why they feel very familiar. It's almost like you're looking at yourself in the mirror uh, in one way or another, okay? 
So, so that's one way, one reason. The other reason why they feel so familiar is because chances are you've probably been down here many times incarnating with your different soul, uh, soul family members playing different roles in your life. And so again, this sense of familiarity comes not just from you guys coming from the same soul pod and having the same core frequency, but also because you've been down here many lifetimes. And so it creates that sense of familiarity. So it's very common for people to actually say that when they meet a member of their soul family, that person feels like home to them. Okay. So if you've ever said that, if you've ever said of someone, you know, this person feels like home to me, more likely than not, that's probably because they belong to your soul family. All right. So this is another term that's used a lot. Uh, but all of these terms are kind of describing that warm, beautiful familiarity that you feel when you encounter a soul, a member of your soul family. Sign number two is similarity of experience. Okay. So this doesn't always happen, but I have found a pattern here when it comes to members of the same soul families. And this has happened within my own soul family also, as, as over the years, I've met multiple members of my soul family. What's really interesting is, is that there's, there tends to be a similarity of experience. So for example, if, um, if you've gone through a certain type of trauma, like for example, and I'll give you an example of my own soul family within my soul family, there's a pattern and there are multiple uh, souls within my soul family that have gone through the same human experience of sexual, uh, uh, childhood sexual abuse. Okay. So there's that commonality between us. And this is very common with soul pods. A lot of times the souls within the same soul fre uh, frequency or soul family will choose to incarnate on earth and kind of go through similar experiences. So this is very common. So if you meet someone from your soul family, more likely than not, when you're having a conversation, getting to know them, you'll notice that their childhood may have been similar to yours in so many different ways. And you're like, wow, that's really interesting. They may have gone through kind of the same painful things you've gone through. So you'll start to spot similarities um, in the past of, of that soul family member. And it's very, very common. This similarity of experience is very common with the, the thousands of people that I've worked with. Sign number three is one of my favorites and it's called intense eye contact. Okay. So What's really interesting is that when you meet a member of your soul family, and if this has ever happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you look into their eyes, it's, it's almost like you get lost in their eyes. And, and it's not because yes, you're doing that. When you look into their eyes, there's that deep soul recognition of, oh my God, I've got the same soul frequency as you. So there is that deep soul recognition. Remember the eyes are the windows to the soul. And so when you look into one of your soul families, uh, when you look in their eyes, you can get that deep connection and you can, you can really get to that core frequency and feel that core frequency. All right. So it is because you're looking at them and you're sensing that similarity, you're sensing that core frequency already. But another reason why the eye uh, contact is so intense with, um, with soul family members is because they actually use eye contact as a way to process information as a way to exchange information. Okay. So, so soul family members will use eye contact to exchange energy uh, information between them. All right. And a lot of times if this has happened to you, this has happened to me multiple times where I'm just sitting around. And as soon as I look at, at a soul of family member of mine, 
I can feel that there is energy being transmitted between us without even words being said. We don't even have to be saying anything to each other. And this is very, very common. The eye contact is very intense. Sometimes, here's a ding ding, here's a little, here's a little special note or a reminder. Sometimes when you do meet your soul, um, your soul member and you're looking into their eyes, initially, if you're not used to doing this, if you're not used to meeting a members of your soul family down here, the first time this happens to you, it could be a little scary because the eye, um, the eye contact is so intense that it could be even intimidating. So people sometimes have told me that when they initially meet a member of their soul family, they have difficulty holding eye contact. They keep breaking their eye contact away because the, uh, the intensity of information exchange is, it's so high that sometimes it's intimidating to them. But then once they figure out that it's a soul family member, then the, the, the eye uh, contact is easy for them. Sign number four is energy resonance. We've already talked about this significantly, but just wanted to put this here as a sign. This is very, very common. So energy resonance just means you get along with this person. There's, there's a synergy between you. You get along with your soul member, with your soul families. There's a, there's a, just a synergy, a, a really beautiful energy synergy. So regardless of what role they play in your life, your soul family members are just there. There's a base of friendship and companionship. So even if they're, uh, even if they're a romantic connection, if they play the role of a romantic connection in this lifetime, the still there's a strong basis of friendship and companionship, even on top of being a romantic connection. But regardless of what role they play in your life, there's a very strong feeling of companionship and friendship. And it's because of that energy resonance. It's because of that strong synergies that you have coming from that very similar core frequency that that's coming from that soul pod. Sign number five is that they can show up at weird times. Okay. So this is one of my favorite signs. So uh, members of your soul family tend to show up in your life when you are going through a period of deep transformation. Okay. So they tend to show up in your life when a, maybe you're going through a breakdown and you're just really low with your life and you're just going through deep healing. You're very, you're in a place of a lot of vulnerability and a lot of sensitivity and boom, a soul family member shows up there. Or you could be, you could have just gone through something really painful and now you're out the other end and your energy is expanded and you're more open and you're just ready to move forward with life and boom, they appear there. <laughs> okay. So, but the point is these soul family members tend to appear at weird times, usually in these times when we're going through deep transformation. And that means that our energy is more open to, to receive that soul, um, that soul family member. Okay. So they may show up at weird times. So don't freak out if this happens to you. On to part three, how to find your soul family. All right. So I get many, many messages from people saying that they are very lonely. They really want to find their soul family. They feel so alone down here on planet earth. And this is usually light workers who, like I said before, they may have incarnated in a biological line where there are no, none of their soul family is there. And so they can feel very kind of like an outsider. They can feel very alone without their soul family down here. And the one thing that I wanted to start this, uh, this part off before getting into the four tips to help you find your soul family. The one important thing that I want to get right off the bat, get out of the way is that it's important for you to come out of this energy of loneliness. Okay. So when it comes to finding your soul family, 
it's important for you to do the work to come out of the loneliness, meaning that you are standing on your own two feet. You may be alone, but you are not lonely. You see, there's a difference between alone and lonely. And so it's important to come out of the loneliness energy because loneliness energy is really coming from a sense of isolation, a sense of feeling disconnected and being disconnected, all right? And this may feel counterintuitive, but the more lonely you feel, the more you're attracting loneliness, okay? And so the loneliness may be blocking your soul family members out, all right? So let's clean up the energy of loneliness and always remember that we could be alone, but not lonely. And so the importance of standing on our own two feet, becoming the people that we want to attract, becoming whole, being whole in our power, understanding our love, understanding our value, understanding our worth, all of these things then start to contribute to us to be able to become more magnetic for our soul family. All right. And so that's the key for, um, you know, connecting with your soul family members down here is you're going to let go of the need to find them. Oh, this is so important. Let me repeat that again. Let's repeat this, this mantra, because this is really important. You are going to let go of the need to find them. Needy energy is very clingy. It's very low vibration, and it actually blocks your soul family members instead of attracting them. Okay. So we're going to let go of the need to find them. All right. Now let's get to the four tips that'll help you, uh, attract those, uh, connect with those soul family members down here. Tip number one is to drop all covers. All right. So what does this mean? This means that you're going to do the deep healing work, the deep introspection, introspection, the deep contemplation to remove all of the gunk that you have over yourself from maybe karma from the past, maybe past life uh, trauma, maybe, maybe trauma from this lifetime, maybe unhealed past experiences that you're still holding on to. Those all, all of those experiences form energy covers over your core frequency. And the more you have a cover, over your soul frequency, the more you become camouflaged. So your soul family can't see you. <laughs> okay. And so this is really important to do to remove those covers. The more you remove covers, the more your soul frequency starts to shine. All right. This is really, really, really important because the more healing that you do, the more covers you remove, the more in connection you become with your own soul frequency. And that's really important in the magnetization, being able to connect with your soul family members down here. This is actually one big reason why those soul family members, remember when I was talking about the sign number five of uh, soul family members that they show up at weird times in your lives? This is why they tend to show up at weird times in your lives. They're showing up right as people are doing the deep transformation work of removing the covers, removing their programming, removing negative beliefs, removing disempowering uh, thoughts that they have about themselves. They're doing the healing work. And as they're doing the healing work, oh, there comes the soul family member. This isn't a coincidence. They're showing up at these times of deep transformation precisely because you're removing the covers and each cover that you remove, you become the, your soul frequency starts to shine brighter. And it's like a lighthouse, you know, like if you, if you think about a lighthouse shining in the middle of a dark night, the boats, no matter how dark the night is, a 
boat can see a lighthouse from far, far away. That's what you're doing when you're removing all these covers and healing yourself. You're starting to open up that lighthouse, that core frequency, and that core frequency then becomes visible for your soul, um, your soul family members to then be able to find you more easily. Now, some people will then say, how the heck do I even get started with removing covers? Like, what does that even mean? Well, it means that you're going to heal karma. You're going to go into your wounds, your past experiences. You're not going to be afraid of going into everything that needs to be healed and transformed within you. One good way and one good place to start when, when removing covers, it's doing what's known as shadow work. So it's going within your shadow, the parts of yourself that you don't recognize and you don't like to look at. That's called the shadow. Shadow work is an amazing place to start in healing and removing those covers. So I shot a video precisely on shadow work and how to do it. And I'll leave this link in the description box below so you could watch after watching this video. Tip number two is to be authentic. So now that you've started to remove those covers, you've gone into healing work, uh, you're doing some shadow work and you're really starting to remove those covers and your core frequency is starting to shine more brightly. It's becoming more visible. Now the continuation of that tip is to be authentic, to be yourself. So as you start to remove all these covers, as you start to remove all these ideas, all this identity, the ideas around who you thought you were, you're now open to become more authentic. Authenticity is so important in the magnetization of, of soul member fam, uh, soul family members because that authentic energy amplifies your soul frequency. And so your soul members can then, your soul family members can spot them, can spot you from a mile away because they can see that authenticity and they resonate with it. They resonate with your authenticity. Why? Because at the core level, they have the same frequency as you. They come from the same soul pod. And so the more you shine authentically, the more your soul um, member families will be like, Oh my God, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's me. That's part of my family. <laughs> They'll see that and, and your soul family will be more attracted to that energy and come to you more quickly. All right. So the more authentic you are, the easier it is to find your soul family. The less authentic you are, the more camouflaged you are, the more masked you are, the harder it's going to be to connect with, with soul family. I can't tell you how many people that I've connected with over the years who tell me that they're really lonely. They really want to find their soul family, that they just really, really want to find them. And then when I ask them and I go into, you know, have they been doing the healing work? Have they been removing the covers? Have they been, you know, living more authentically? They'll then start to tell stories that, oh, you know, I, I'm afraid of going into deep healing. That scares me a little bit, or I can't really be authentic around the people that surround me. I always have to be wearing masks. And so then I say to them, you know, how, how do you think you're going to find your soul family? If you walk around with masks your whole life, your soul family can't find you that way. And so it's really interesting that there's this dichotomy of on the one hand, a lot of people wanting to find their soul family, but then on the other hand, they don't want to do the work to amplify that soul frequency so that the soul family can see them. All right. So it's really, Really, really important that you're in this authenticity. Commit to yourself. And here's a mantra or affirmation that's really going to help you. I will walk on this earth fully as my true self, emanating the pure core frequency of my soul. Amen. 
Repeat this mantra many, many times. Maybe write it down on a post-it, put it on, put it on your, you know, bathroom mirror or something so you could look at it every day. Repeat this mantra over and over so you can come more into this authentic energy. The more authentic you are living, the more magnetizing you are to your soul family members. Tip number three is to call them in. So now that you've done the work of the first couple of tips, you're doing your healing work, you're becoming more authentic. Now it's time to, to really start to magnetize them even more. And the way that you call them in, I love to do this kind of work through, um, through ceremony work. All right. So you're going to use a powerful ceremony and what ceremonies do is they create intention. And the more that they create intention, the more that they amplify energy, which means that you magnetize to yourself more and more. Okay. So you can do a ceremony that's very, very simple, just as simple as lighting a candle, or you can get more elaborate. You could light some candles. You can put some drumming music on, or even have a drum at home. I have a drum at home and you can start beating on that drum. You can use sacred smoke in the space that you're doing the ceremony. You can open the ceremony and call your guides, call your angels, call spirit guides, call everyone that helps you to kind of help anchor your ceremony and state the intention that you're doing the ceremony to really call in your soul family members. Okay. So, so this is, this is a great way using ceremony in whatever way is, is good for you create a ceremony space so that then you can start really calling them in ener energetically. And then what I like to do is when I do some dancing and I have my candles going after I do this for a while, I've burned some smoke, I've called my guides in. Then what I do is I pause and I use a mantra an affirmation that helps solidify the magnetization. It helps solidify the, the ceremony. Okay. So I'm going to share that mantra with you. You can make your own mantra, but I'm going to share a mantra with you that I love using for, to help magnetize soul family. I magnetize the fullness of my soul family into my life in divine timing for the highest good of all. So I love to repeat this affirmation at least 10 times during the ceremony. Okay. So remember this, all right, ding, ding, repeat this mantra at least 10 times during the ceremony to really make that energy more powerful. And then when you're finished repeating it 10 times, just sit there, close your eyes and let the mantra kind of seep in, let your energy start to magnetize your soul family members. And then you're you, pretty soon, you're going to know that this is, this really, really works. This ceremony is very powerful and it works works very strongly. Tip number four. And the last one is to let it go. Okay. So you've done your healing work. You're now living a more authentic life. You've done all your shadow work. You've done a ceremony and you've called in your soul family. And now tip number four is just to let it go to learn how to be a co-creator of reality, but not to get too obsessed with it. All right. So the image that I like to give is of a farmer, you know, a farmer, when a farmer plants a seed, they plant the seed, they cover the land, and then they go off and they leave the seed there to germinate on its own. <laughs> so you've never seen a farmer plant a seed and then sit by the seed and go, when are you growing? When are you growing? I don't see anything. I can't see you. <laughs> okay. So farmers don't have this kind of control energy. And this is the, this metaphor. I love to use this metaphor because this is how you work with co-creative energy. You do your part, but then you let go and let the universe do its part. And that's where the letting go comes in. You do all of the things that we talked about in the other tips, but then in tip number four, this is more relaxing. You just say to the universe, I've done my job. I've done what, I, what was in my, what was my job to do when it comes to connecting with my soul family. And now I leave it up to my soul family members and to God. I'm just going to go about my life 
And my soul family is going to show up in front of my face when it's time in divine timing, and I'm not going to worry about it. Okay. So it's a very unattached, very surrendered way. And the more surrendered, the more you can let things go, the more easily than they manifest in your life, including your soul family. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. Have you met anyone in your soul family yet? I want to hear all about it. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can join the wait list for my course awaken that's opening up on June 7th. And don't forget this video here that I talked about shadow work. That's going to be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. That's it for me. I love you. I'm out.